This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, hello, and uh, welcome to the 77 WCBS Radio. Did I say CBS? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, why am I talking about CBS? Because I just watched their noon newscast, which uh, was dedicated to Pride Month, everything Pride uh, at CBS. All right. They're sponsoring this. They're sponsoring Queens Pride. They're sponsoring Staten Island Pride. They are. It was um, like I was watching the Pride Channel um, and they're not the only ones. CBS was particularly over the top. But they're all doing it. Mainstream media. This is gay month. Okay. This is, uh, taking pride in who you are in terms of your sexuality or orientation, in terms of who you want to sleep with. It is the most, I mean, let's face it. It's not an achievement. It's not an achievement. You were born that way. I was born this way. You don't take pride in that kind of stuff. And oh, by the way, pride is something you don't really want to have too much of. You certainly don't want to wave around a flag and march in that damn parade. I am sorry. It is ludicrous, and it is taking us down. I'm not talking about gay people. I'm not talking about straight people. You can be whatever the hell you want, but we don't have the time. We don't have the bandwidth. Quite frankly, we don't have the record of success as a country to be screwing around in the streets for a month like this. And, oh, by the way, you hear about Stonewall. Oh, Stonewall. What happened at Stonewall? Stonewall. What the hell is Stonewall? They talk more about Stonewall than Bunker Hill in schools these days, right? Stonewall. What is Stonewall? Well, it was a bar downtown. In fact, it is still a bar downtown. And guess what? The cops weren't there to hassle gay people. They were shutting down the place because it didn't have a liquor license. Uh, There's so many lies and myths, and nobody was there at this point. You know how many people were arrested at uh, Stonewall? Thirteen. Thirteen, okay? Thirteen people arrested. Thirteen. You know, you punch a cop, you might find yourself in cuffs, okay? Um, there were dozens of gay bars before Stonewall, dozens after Stonewall, dozens, hundreds, hundreds. Hey, am I missing something? Am I, I mean, I know, I know. I, I saw 17 little pins today, people wearing the gay pride pin. Pride is something that actually even Barack Obama understood at one point in his life is something to be avoided, is something to be, you got to be protected from. He, in fact, prayed to God to protect him from excessive pride. I know for a fact that that prayer was not answered, okay, when it comes to Barack Obama. You can look it up, pride. Look, everything comes from God, so to make too much of yourself, pride, right? Look at me. Look at my accomplishments. Look at what I did. I, I, I. That's pride, and that's something that's, a, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of self-deprecating and maybe too much so, but you know, oh, we've got to share the credit, got to share this, got to share that. Until we uh, are talking about who we are sexually and only who we are sexually, if it's LGBTQ plus IA, 
I don't even, I shouldn't say IA. I'm not even going to pretend to know. I don't know. And I'm not going to find out. I'm not going to find out what IA plus is. This is not homophobic. This is, this is pro people. This is pro what's upstairs in your brain, in your heart, in your soul. That's what interests me. Not what the hell is going down below the waistline. All right. All right. Stop making such a big deal out of it. We're not shocked by this anymore. By we, I mean everybody, all right? And let, let me talk actually right now as a straight person, all right? As a straight person. Um, everybody has a gay cousin. Everybody has a gay neighbor. Everybody, you know, my best friend for a long time happened to be gay. Great friends. Until, <laughs> until he started listening to me on Newsmax, and I think he had some doubts, and we don't talk like we used to, and that's fine, and that's fine. That's, I told you I lost a lot of friends. He was one of them. He was traveling once, and we hadn't talked for, oh, traveling. He was, we hadn't talked in a long time. So I texted him, hey, how's it going? Can you talk? And he said, I'm traveling, but I hope you're well. <laughs> Whoa, traveling like you're on the Orient Express or something like that. What the hell? You don't have a you're you're, you're texting me. Anyway, whatever that happens. Um, so as a straight person, yeah, it, and it, you know how much we talked about that that he was gay, I was straight. I mean, we might talk about you know who I was dating, who he was involved with, that kind of thing, but nothing more than that. There's lots of other things to talk about. Politics, uh, sports, music, office politics, jobs, dreams, all that stuff. But no, we're going to focus on the loins. Do we still call it the loins? Is it the loins? Anyway, um, what else is going on? It looks like Comer had that talk with the FBI director yesterday. What is the big deal about getting the FBI director on the phone? I can't believe that the swamp is set up in such a way that you got to make a point, an appointment three weeks ahead of time to talk to the FBI director. Who does the FBI director think he is? Prince Charles? King Charles? I mean, you should be able to pick up the phone and get that guy on the phone if you're James Comer, head of the House Oversight Committee. Um, but it doesn't work that way anymore. Listen to this. I mean, all right, why does Comer want to talk to the FBI director? You know that the FBI has material that implicates Joe Biden in a bribery scheme back when he was vice president of the United States. There's um, there's investigative work indicating that he may, may have accepted cash money to influence American policy as vice president. Wow, that would be a doozy. And I think the American people have a right to that information. Well, the FBI says no, no. And they wrote a very pointed bureaucratic letter, you know, a little bit passive aggressive saying we cannot cooperate because if we do, it'll give up sources and methods, sources and methods. More on that in a moment. But first, let's try to get the FBI director on the phone. Let's see if he has time to schedule Congressman James Comer in. Does he cut 34, please cut 34. House Oversight Chairman James Comer and FBI Director Chris Wray will be speaking by phone very shortly. Comer was scheduled to speak with him today at 1.30 p.m., so I guess we'll find out more about that. This conversation that's going to take place between Ray and Comer later this afternoon. Wow. it's on. Everybody knows about it. They tell the media they're going to talk on the phone. What about picking up the phone, dialing the FBI, asking Ray's secretary, uh, can I speak to the director, please? This is uh, James Comer. And I'm the House Oversight Committee Chairman. Oh, yeah, right away, sir. Oh, Mr. Director? 
yes, Congressman Comer's on. That kind of thing. Do it that way. Just get on the phone. These agencies have made it so, they're so precious, and you have to follow this protocol and that protocol and this rule and that rule, and you got to schedule. And be three weeks from Tuesday, we'll get back to you. That's not responsive. That's not the democracy. That's the swamp running things. And that's the way they like it. They're in charge, not our elected leaders. They pull this crap all the time. Uh, you think, you think elected presidents are calling the shots? No, it's the interagency. It's a bunch of unelected bureaucrats. Uh, listen to this. Uh, you want to talk to China? Joe says he's really close to President Xi. Ooh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Cut 35. President Biden says he expects to speak with China's President Xi Jinping within the next 10 days. President Joe Biden expected to hold a call with Vladimir Putin tomorrow morning at 11. President Biden is going to hold a call with allies later this morning. See, uh, later this, it's always on the schedule. I just, maybe I'm naive. Actually, I'm not naive. This is the way it should be. You can look it up in the Constitution. The Constitution is very thin, but the bureaucratic rules and procedures, they become so huge. We serve those instead of those rules serving us. I expect the president of the United States to get the uh, Chinese president on the phone if he wants him on the phone. He can't do that. You know who would do that? You know who did that? Trump. He was far more willing to pick up the phone, but they tripped him up. They didn't like it. They didn't like him operating that way when trump was on the phone what did they do number one they leaked transcripts they were taking transcripts i don't even think transcripts should be made of these calls is that is that any way to do business if you wanted to get something done if you were negotiating something would you want some stranger listening to your call and taking notes and then leaking it to uh his friends or the media you can't operate that way nobody can do business that way and that's what they did to Trump right off the bat. They were leaking his phone call to uh, with Australia, uh, with Canada, with Brazil. All those transcripts were leaked by the intelligence community because, as Chuck Schumer said, if the intelligence community doesn't like you, they will get back at you. How? Six ways from Sunday? I never really understood that slogan. Um, so... Uh, oh, and, of course, when he called uh, Zelensky... You'd think Trump and Zelensky, you know, they could trust these guys on the phone. They did get elected leaders of their country, but they got 17 people on the line listening. People like Vinman. Oh, the president said something I did not like. I think I could get him in trouble for this. That, that was a crime, what he did. And someday there must be accountability, criminal accountability. By the way, just so you know, I know it's ancient history at this point, but uh, Ukraine, um, it's a very corrupt place. Zelensky seems like he's not corrupt, but I don't know. But he campaigned on a, I'm not a corrupt guy. Now, Joe Biden was on TV in January of 2018 boasting about how he got the prosecutor who was looking into Burisma fired. He said it on television. You got to remember that part. He said it out loud. The whole world could hear it. And who heard it? Donald Trump heard it. And when he talked to President Zelensky, he's like, you know, you ought to look into that. You you ought to check to check that out because he's 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 saying that he got your people fired. It doesn't sound right, and it didn't sound right. And you're allowed to do this kind of stuff, and you're allowed to say things. And little Vinman doing what he did, um, bad stuff. Uh, we'll see. I think Comer's going to get this information. They're sweating it. There's more and more talk that Joe Biden will not stand for re-election. He can't. He put out a stupid video. He's not even campaigning. He's not doing anything you would normally do to uh, get reelected. Something is up. 
I mean, it's no big mystery. I say something is up. Uh, he can't hack it. He just can't do it. Everybody knows that. Uh, you'll notice, though, that Republicans are getting very aggressive about getting in this race. And it's not because they sense um, uh, that Biden is vulnerable. That's how it should be. They think that Trump is vulnerable because it looks like they're going to indict him over the boxes, over the boxes in Mar-a-Lago. It looks like they're going to do it. Don't worry. It'll be like Alvin Bragg. This is a non-criminal matter. They can't throw him in jail for that. But they are going to try. And that's why Chris Christie has, uh, let's see, he's, uh, oh, he's going to do to, he, he says he's going to do to Trump what he did to Marco. What did he do to Marco, by the way? Anyway, listen to this. Here he says that. Cut 36, please. This is Chris Christie talking a big game, a big game. Let me tell you something. You better have somebody on that stage who can do to him what I did to Marco. Because that's the only thing that's going to defeat Donald Trump. And that means you got to have the skill to do it. And that means you have to be fearless because he will come back and right at you. Ooh, wow. Hey, what did he do to little Marco? It just came to me. You know what he kept on saying to little Marco? That destroyed little Marco. Marco Rubio. Good guy. Senator. I don't think he's ever going to be president in part because of the way he looks. He's one of those guys. He's almost 50 years old. He's always going to look like he's in eighth grade. He looks like he's in junior high school. That's just how he reminds me of one of my cousins, actually. He looks just like, and he's always boyish. He's boyish. Anyway, he said, Marco, you're coming off like a broken record. And he kept on saying that, like, Ooh, wow, the ultimate put down. You know what the ultimate put down really was? The ultimate put down in the history of history? Only Rosie O'Donnell that was. Try try that level, Chris Christie. You'll never get there. Be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Joe Biden is, it's graduation season, right? Graduate In addition to Pride Month, uh, colleges are wrapping up and the pomp and circumstance and the hats and all that stuff and the gowns and walking around and getting the diploma. Um, and you invite somebody of some prominence to uh, speak, uh, usually a president or a vice president uh, or an, uh, what do you call it? A cabinet member goes to one of the service academies. How many service academies are there? There's West Point. Uh, the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. You know, some people think we don't even need these academies anymore. Um, I'm actually neutral on it. You, arguably, you don't. Arguably, you don't. But um, uh, there's West Point. There's the Naval Academy. There's the Coast Guard Academy. There's the Merchant Marine Academy. And there's the Air Force Academy. And Joe is speaking at the Air Force Academy. And one thing he did, ooh, bad move, Joe. He put on a blue hat. It's a blue Air Force hat. And I think I'm trying to find out what it says. I think it says AF, short for Air Force, AF. Doesn't look good. And it's light blue. And he's wearing, it's a ball cap. It's a ball cap. And he's handing out the diplomas and he's saluting them as everybody comes by. You never salute in a hat like that. He just looks terrible. Some people can pull a hat off. 
Trump can pull off the Make America Great Again hat. It's a look that he invented. Let's face it, right? I mean, it's totally his. Somebody handed him a blue cap and told him to wear it, and he put it on. So he doesn't own it. He looks weird. He looks unpresidential. It's just terrible. He looks like one of those guys who's, uh, you know, walking around Walmart, you know, with not much to do. It's it's kind of pathetic. Oh, and he's back at it, lying, lying, lying. This is a tall tale. He loves to tell. Are we ready with this? You got it? He's uh, at the Air Force Academy, but he's bragging about how he got into the Naval Academy, which, oh, by the way, he did not. Go ahead. When I was graduating from high school 300 years ago, <laughs> I applied to the Naval Academy, and I was picked by the senator. There's two ways senators can pick. They can pick individually, or they can name 10 people and let the academy choose. I was a relatively good football player, so I had a shot. I remember the day that a guy named Steve Dunning from my class was also nominated. Drove up, it was about 7 in the morning, we were going to drive down to Annapolis. And I had just heard the night before, they had a halfback named Joe Bellino, won the Heisman Trophy, and a quarterback named Roger Staubach. I went to Delaware. When I was graduating uh, high school 300 years ago. So it was, oh, that's enough. It's, it was Joe's choice to not go to the uh, Naval Academy, right? Right. Uh, none of that stuff checks out. He's told that story. There would be a record of a senatorial nomination to the Academy. Uh, there is none. He was a crummy student. And, oh, by the way, he keeps talking about uh, maybe he was decent at football. Maybe he was. Then why did he use asthma, his uh, chronic asthma, when he was young, as an excuse to avoid service in Vietnam, huh? You see how this guy rolls? There's just no limit, no limit to what he's going to fib, lie. Uh, it's it's a terrible, terrible example across the board. And nothing meaningful, nothing of wisdom, nothing that could actually help people. Um, it's pathetic. Hey, uh, are we done with the Target thing? They removed that perverse stuff from the shelves. But let's face it, they had to be coerced into it. Cut 17, please. The retailer removing LGBTQ brand app Prowlin from their stores and website, whose products featured satanic themes. Target also reportedly reviewing its adult collection of tuck-friendly swimsuits that allows trans people who have not had gender-affirming operations to conceal their private parts. To Target's items featuring slogans like Live Laugh Lesbian and clothing for babies and children. Well, they pulled all that stuff out, okay, or they put it at the back of the store where it belonged. It really doesn't belong in the store. They paid a huge financial price, but they do not care. They, along with uh, the globalists, corporate America, our Democrat institutions, academia, they're trying to rearrange society. And I do believe stop us from having babies. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That's another thing about what. why did nobody laugh when Joe Biden said that lame joke? Let's go through it again. He's at the Air Force Academy. He's at the Air Force Academy. He's bragging about getting admitted to the Naval Academy in 1963. Uh, how to, how can you connect less with the group? And then he's bragging that he's a good football player, but Roger Staubach was there. And, um, well, 
he was in that kind of he couldn't he couldn't be on the same team as Roger Staubach. All right, that was a threat to Joe. So he went to Delaware, Delaware State. Uh, Roger Staubach. Do you think one person? I mean, Roger Staubach, a legend. Okay, no disrespect to Roger Staubach. I remember him on the Cowboys, but his last year on the field, I think, was like in 1978. It's a long time ago. These kids graduating today. Uh, they were born in 2001. They don't know who Roger Staubach is. Uh, that is, that is a bogus, uh, boy. I mean, it's not even good speech writing, right? Right? Alright, give me the, just give me the top of that, alright? One more time. This is, uh, he's wearing, picture this, a blue hat at the Air Force Academy. Totally stupid. Go ahead. When I was graduating from high school 300 years ago, <laughs> I applied to the Naval Academy. And I was picked by the senator. There's two ways senators can pick. You can pick individually, or they can name ten people and let the academy choose. Hey, stop for a second. What the hell is that all about? That actually, they can pick you individually, or they can pick people all together and let the academy choose. I think he's on to us that we know that this story doesn't check out. All right? It doesn't check out. I don't think they nominate groups of people either. I don't think they ever did. Now, it is true. You can be nominated by a senator, a congressman, a cabinet member, a president, a vice president, and the academy does not have to accept that. You're nominated, and then you have to be considered. It's like you get the nomination, then you got to run for election. It's a little bit much. Um, but, uh, okay, why can't he go to uh, the Naval Academy again? Choose. The senator, there's two ways senators can pick. You can pick uh. individually. Or they can name ten people and let the academy choose. Hmm. I was a relatively good football player, so I had a shot. I remember the day that a guy named Steve Dunning from my class was also nominated. Drove up, it was about seven in the morning, we were going to drive down to Annapolis. And I had just heard the night before, they had a halfback named Joe Bellino, won the Heisman Trophy, and a quarterback named Roger Staubach. I went to Delaware. <laughs> they kind of, kind of. Okay, those guys must be what? <laughs> that's what. That's what we call polite laughter. Polite laughter. Uh, where are we? Hey, let's check in. Actually, in a moment. Before that, we have to do something about all the white supremacy in the military. You know, it's a huge, huge problem. All that white supremacy in the military. I mean, you hear about it all the time. You hear about it from generals. You hear about it from the fake news. You hear about it from, uh, well, let's listen, cut 30. We must also acknowledge that our military faces challenges, a rise in white supremacy and extremism within the ranks. So, yes, we have racism uh, in the military. We have white supremacy in the military. We have anti-Semitism in the military. This ever-growing problem, which to be sure has been a problem, regarding um, white supremacists within the military, within its ranks. Wow. All right. All that white, that was a former secretary of defense. That was a general. That was media. All right. White supremacy. So there must be a lot of white supremacy arrests, right? People must be getting arrested for the violence and stuff, but it's not happening. See, that's all. It's a talking point and there's nothing beyond. There's nothing to back up the talking point. So what would be a manifestation of hate? What would be a manifestation, right? How about shootings, right? Mass shootings, right? You know, it happens in churches, happens at schools, happens uh, at the mall horribly. And it also happens on military bases. And I went back over the past 20 years. Let's see here. Uh, couldn't find one that was perpetrated by a white person, quite frankly. 
Uh, however, I, let's see here. We have Mohammed Sayin al-Shamarani opened fire at the Pensacola Naval Station where I was once based in 2019, killed four people. Uh, not a white supremacist. I'm looking at him right here. No way. Uh, Nadal Hassan, Dr. Nadal Hassan, an army major slash psychiatrist. He opened fire in 2013, killed 13 people. The psychiatrist was out there killing people. Aaron Alexis, also in 2013, killed 12 people at the Navy Yard in Washington, D.C. Aaron Alexis happens to be, I believe, African-American. That's my educated guess. And um, not a white supremacist there. And we can go on like this. Uh, let's see, 2014, uh, Mr. Lopez uh, opened fire at Fort Hood. It killed 14 people. I am looking for the white supremacists. I am, I'm told, I am told they are everywhere. I don't see it. I don't see it because they are not everywhere. There are, some are in jail and that's good. Some are in, uh, if they commit crimes. Hey, by the way, you can be a white supremacist. If you want to be an idiot, you can be an idiot. All right. You can. You're allowed to. It's the moment you commit a crime, game over. Uh, but we have some in prison and we have some in the woods and, um, that's about it. And then we have some that you see on TV. You hear about on TV, but you actually never see him. Okay. This is fear mongering. There's a word for it. Fear mongering. Uh, GOP lawmakers are very upset with Christopher Ray and they really should be. Christopher Ray is so full of it. The FBI director won't hand over the document that implicates Joe Biden potentially. Friends of Biden Incorporated. Remember, that's what the FBI stands for. Friends of Biden Incorporated. You can have all kinds of fun with the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation. How about the fraudulently bothering the innocent, okay? Uh, forever blowing it. That's another one I like. But friends of Biden Incorporated. And Christopher Ray can't hand that over because, well, like a lot of directors, he's bamboozled and intimidated. He's never, he's never been a real investigator. He's a lawyer. All right. He's a lawyer and he's, he's a swamp guy. Listen to this. Cut 32. But I am also unwilling to budge on talking about ongoing investigations and protecting sources and methods. I think if we start exposing sources and methods, we are setting a danger. What happened? What? I am also unwilling to budge on talking about ongoing investigations and protecting sources and methods. I think if we start exposing sources and methods, we are setting a dangerous precedent. All right. Sources and methods. Well, um, you don't have to be a genius to figure out their sources and methods. All right. The methods especially. They talk about it all the time. Uh, they put FBI agents. Uh, well, they make them available to the media. And they love talking about what they do and how they do it. This is an actual FBI agent, undercover, I guess, undercover no longer, uh, on a big CBS special inside the FBI. Cut 34. House Oversight Chairman James Comer. Stop, 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 stop. That's not it. That, 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 that. Uh, wait, that wasn't it. Inside. Ah, here we go. Inside the FBI declassified on CBS fake news. Cut 33. A gunman out for revenge. Judges and government officials his targets. How FBI agents went undercover to stop his plan. There's no stopping in undercover work. You say it comes out of your mouth and you got to live with it. Everything inside of you is screaming, oh my God, I hope he doesn't find out that I'm an agent. My name is Mike Ghibli. I've been an FBI undercover agent for 19 years. 
Well, there's one of the methods, and he's going to, one of the sources, he's going to tell us all about his methods. Uh, yeah, I know, there's confidential human sources, but this guy, and he's about to tell us everything they do. FBI, declassified, except if you are uh, James Comer and you want information. By the way, the information that he wants is not classified. It's not classified. They want you to be confused by that. Hey, what happened to DeSantis in Iowa? Are you blind, DeSantis? Uh, somebody came up to him and he just couldn't handle it. This is the thing with him. He's very brittle. He can't go with the flow. There's something, uh, well, very stiff about him. And he's got to have it his way. I, I, no, I'm not taking questions at this time. I told you already. I, no, I told you already. Now listen to this. I'm with Diego. I'm sending this to you. He's working the, he's meeting people in Iowa. He just gave a big speech. No, not that big. And he's in a room full of people posing for pictures. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you ready? Uh, okay. We'll wait for that. In the meantime, he seems to be way up, uh, Trump over this guy. I mean, we're talking like 30, 40, 50 points crushing Ron DeSantis. I know they got a strategy. They say they have a strategy behind the scenes that they're going to, I don't know, uh, the delegate fight. You got to have the delegate fight. This is the kind of thing that Hillary was trying to do to beat Obama. I don't think it's going to work, but. Uh, didn't work for Hillary. All right, here we go. Uh, Ron DeSantis in Iowa on the trail. Why not take any questions from voters, Governor? Wait, stop. Governor, how come you're not taking... Stop. Some guy, some reporter saying, how come you're not taking questions from reporters? Just keep this in mind. DeSantis is taking a selfie with people, all right? He's just got this big smile on his face, and he ignores the guy for a bit, and then something happens. Go ahead. Go back to that. Governor, how come you're not taking questions from voters? No, 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 coming up to me, talk to me. What are you talking about? I'm not here with people. Are you, are you blind? Are you blind? I'm not blind. Okay, so people are coming up to me, talking to me, whatever they want to talk to me about. Uh, yeah, it was very nasty on his part, and he didn't do it the way Trump does it. The guy, why aren't you taking questions? I'm taking questions. People are coming up to me. What are you talking about? I mean, number one, Trump actually doesn't work a room this way. I don't know. Maybe because he's already been president, he doesn't have to do this and shouldn't do this and doesn't have to do it. Are you blind? Are you blind? He gets kind of in the guy's face. Are you blind? It's kind of a, it's kind of a really fourth grade thing to say, right? Are you blind? Let me hear one more time. Why not take any questions from voters, Governor? Stop coming up to me, talking to me. What are you talking about? I'm not here working with people. Are you, are you blind? Are you blind? I'm not blind. Okay, so people are coming up to me, talking to me, whatever they want to talk to me about. Hmm. Whatever they want to talk to me about, because I'm the guy. I'm here. I'm the important one. They come up to me, and they talk to me. Um, are you blind? That was not good. And I'm telling you, there's a lot more where this came from. All right, it's him. He's too brittle. He can't take it. He can't roll with it. I saw the same trait in Pompeo, and at least I think he realized it. He's like, he's not. He's not cut out for this kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Melanie, hello. Hi, Melanie from Danbury. First of all, I just want to say thank you to whoever answered the phone. Avery, Diego, Alex Bernard, Lou, Justin. Well, you know them all. Are you one of these chronic callers? I've never heard you before. You don't call into my show. You love the, you, you, oh, I'm going to put you on hold. You can talk to the call screeners, okay? I'm going to put you right on hold. All right. One second, Melanie. Uh, let's go to Sandra. Excuse me, Sandra. You're in New Jersey. Hello. Good afternoon on this most beautiful day, Greg. You know, I wanted to mention that the debt ceiling, there was one thing that they did that I'm personally happy about. They said roughly 40 million borrowers of federal student loans 
will soon start to pay their bills on their own again. And the reason I'm happy about this is I remember my husband, Michael. He got into medical school on his own merit. He paid every single bill himself. His parents didn't, couldn't help him. So I remember those days with the bills every month coming in that he paid. So when I heard other people were getting it for free, I had a little resentment about that. So I'm happy that at least we got this. And then I wanted to mention something to you. Um, on Monday night in Washington, D.C., Ashley Babbitt's mother was peacefully, you know, doing her thing about her daughter and, and all the veterans, you know, rallying for her in a very peaceful, beautiful way. And this woman, she's called a counter-protester, an anarchy princess. She was provoking Ashley's mother so much. She was putting the megahorn in her face. And I know, I heard. And they, they arrested they arrested Ashley Babbitt's mom. And uh, that bothers me so much. I'm so sorry. But here's the thing. And I'm, I, I love, uh, I love Aaron Babbitt. I can't believe what happened to Ashley Babbitt. I'm not going to forget. Um, and the, what the mother went through, but I think she should not be going to these things. I know I, I'm not being harsh here. I revere this woman. I think she's above this. Okay. Um, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, all right, is not forgetting this. I don't think she has to go to every, 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 event not that she's going to every event but i hate to see her get involved with this scum all right these scumbags out there i don't want her putting up with that i just it bothers me a lot i don't like it and um i hope uh i I think she was arrested she was locked up for a little bit and that's not good sandra i appreciate it very much i yeah i just you know she should she's a i want her to maintain her dignity and we're working on the justice part i'll be right back Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, we done with Chris Christie. Actually, I forgot to play you this. I uh, This is another reason why, and I can't wait until he's called out on this, because I'm the only one pointing it out. October 2012. This is October 30th, 2012, and uh, Barack Obama comes to town. It's the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy, and, yep, we needed federal help, and I guess Obama needed some photo ops before uh, election day, he was running for re-election, and I'm actually totally okay with this. I'm actually totally okay with Chris Christie giving Obama a hug. I can handle that, and I can handle even the gratitude that Chris Christie was expressing. A little bit over the top, a little bit insincere, a little bit politically motivated, but I can still I can still go with it. Cut thirty seven. The president has declared New York and New Jersey disaster areas already. How does that help you? Helps us tremendously. I spoke to the president three times yesterday. Uh, he called me for the last time at midnight last night asking what he could do. The president was great last night. He signed the declaration this morning. So I have to give the president great credit. He has been very attentive in anything that I've asked for. He's gotten to me. So uh, I thank the president publicly for that. He has done, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a great job for New Jersey. Um, you don't have to be a weather scientist or a, a Nobel laureate to know that after Hurricane Sandy, New Jersey was a disaster area. And so was New York. See how enthralled he is? Because he got that federal designation. It's a kind of a given after a Category 5 hurricane destroys a, a third of the state, don't you think? It's a little bit too effusive in his praise, but here's why. Now I'll put it all in context for you, okay? Because the election day was actually six days away. Six days away. And Mitt Romney, 
in October of 2012 was competitive, was viable. That was almost a toss-up going into it. It was a toss-up. So you heard about how uh, how you know much he liked Obama there. Well, what about what about the Mitt Romney? Wait, where's the next clip? Can you roll the next clip, please? Go ahead. Over the last couple of months, you have uh, appeared throughout the country, uh, Governor, on behalf of Mitt Romney, uh, talking him up for President of the United States. I know uh, President uh, off the campaign trail today, although we hear that perhaps he's going to, Mr. Romney may do some storm-related events. Is there any possibility that uh, Governor Romney may go to New Jersey to tour some of the damage with you? I have no idea, nor am I the least bit concerned or interested. Wow. So disrespectful. And Mitt Romney was six days away from potentially becoming the president-elect of the United States. And he's not the least bit interested. He had already met, flown in the helicopter with Obama. You know why? Again, this is a politician. Nasty guy. Nasty man. Out for himself. He didn't want Mitt Romney to win. He wanted Obama to win re-election. He did. Um, and he was kicking, why? Because he wanted the run in 2016. If Mitt Romney had run for president in 2012, which he did, if he won, he would have been running for re-election in 2016. And guess what? That means that uh, Chris Christie would not have been able to run in 2016. You can't oppose your own party when you're running, all right? That's almost never done. Never an incumbent president basically doesn't have to deal with that, especially on the Republican side, sometimes the Democrat side. And look it up. In 2012, um, everybody was pushing Chris Christie to run. I mentioned this uh what, two days ago, uh, Henry Kissinger, Nancy Reagan, uh, the Wall Street Journal editorial board. They all thought because at one point in like the spring, early spring, winter, Mitt Romney kind of did look like a loser. He got a little bit of – he got some mojo. He got some mojo going. But people were like, is he really going to be able to pull it off? Maybe Chris Christie should get in at the last minute. And, and there was a lot of pressure. And he didn't do it. And I know, I know to this day – he deeply regrets it. Now he can just enter as a novelty candidate. Because what is he going to do? He's going to he's going to take down Trump, just like he took down little Marco. Just like he took down little Marco. What did he do to little Marco? I remember the broken record thing. I kind of remember the broken record thing. How big a deal was this, little Marco? Um, all right. Hey, are you guys watching the 10 p.m. show I have on Newsmax? It's doing very, very well. We're doing some very interesting work. 10 p.m. on Newsmax. Do you get Newsmax? Do you know how to get it? There are lots of ways you can watch. You can actually watch it, I think, on Apple TV, Pluto. You can watch it live online, or you can watch it with your cable provider. Sometimes you have to call a number, and you got the guy's got to come over, and all kinds of stuff has to happen. Um, but... Uh, it's a great channel, great network, great show, if I say so myself. And um, what do we have on tonight? Well, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> oh, actually, the mayor of Davenport, Iowa, you know the building that collapsed? So I'm bringing some people on. This mayor, six hours after the damn building collapsed, he says, well, uh, yeah, we're done. Um, now it's a recovery mission. No, are you searching for survivors? Nope. I know, but there could be survivors in there. Yeah, that is a possibility. But this is a recovery mission, and we're going to demolish the building tonight. Who thinks like this? Who talks like this? These people should know better. Well, guess what? It's woke. It's a woke government. They took their eye off the ball. And when you go woke, you get demented, just like Trump said. Uh, Wild stuff tonight, 10 o'clock on Newsmax, and I'll be back.
Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. A uh, short week, right? Thursday already. Does it feel like, uh, yeah, Thursday, Thursday, uh, Memorial Day. Oh, wait, the summer is on. It's June 1st. Oh, yep. That again means Pride Month, Pride Church, Pride School, Pride Work, Pride Everything, Pride, 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 Pride the Flag. I got a little thing here. Let's see. Alec Adams is uh, joining the parade, joining the fun. Uh, let's see here. City Hall, other municipal buildings will be lit in rainbow colors tonight in honor of Pride Month. Uh, City Hall, uh, you know, yeah, I, I guarantee you the Empire State Building is going to be lit. Remember when they wouldn't light it for uh, Mother Teresa's birthday, but they do it for Pride Month? You know, they do it for uh, National Squid Week, all this weird stuff. Uh, this Pride Month, we send a clear message to the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, oh, New York City hears you, sees you, and embraces you. Hmm. I see you. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. Well, I, I hear you. I see you. Actually kind of creepy. Hey, um, the Hunter Biden laptop. You know, I'd love to see this thing. I would, I would actually love to see it. Well, who the hell documents their life like this? That's a problem right there. Um, but we are going to have access to it very, very shortly. Let's see here. New York Post reporting extensive Hunter Biden laptop archive with nearly 10,000 photos published on new website. An immense catalog of photos from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop were published Thursday on a new website as the first son faces ongoing investigations into his overseas business affairs and potential tax and gun crimes. Nearly 10,000 photos taken between 2008 and 2019 will be hosted at BidenLaptopMedia.com. BidenLaptopMedia.com. Now, I pressed it a moment ago, and it didn't work. Go right back there. Yep, nope, service unavailable. That's not a good sign. It's already been taken offline. Let's see here. Uh, a former Trump White House aide spent months scanning digital archives, redacting some images, and publishing the rest. The number one thing we're about is truth and transparency, said Garrett Ziegler, who founded the nonprofit Marco Polo, told Fox News. Among the redacted pictures are those that display private information, such as Social Security numbers, blah, 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 blah. Explicit photos of Hunter's sister-in-law turned bow. Haley Biden, uh, the widow of the late Bo Biden, are sealed from public view. Hey, why is that? I'm not saying, oh, well, probably for the best. Probably. Um, the outlet also revealed two previously unseen photos, one of text messages between Hunter and Haley, and another of Hunter with then-girlfriend Zoe Keston, who testified last year before the Delaware-based federal grand jury investigating the first son. If the American people want to know what their first family is like, they're going to get it. And we're not going to be taking up photos that paint the Bidens in a good light, Ziegler told Fox News. Okay, so they're going to leave all the pictures in there, except the sex pictures. <laughs> no, I know. I, I mean, let's face it, I'm a little bit curious. I am. I am. I mean, but it's probably good. You know how I feel about pornography, right? It's not good for you. It's not good for me. Um, yes, I have seen it. And, uh, you know. Whatever. And now it's available to everybody. We used to have to strategize to get it. You had to like wear a disguise and heavy glasses and go in there and you actually had to, you know, it was very awkward and very few people were willing to do that. I was one of those people who was willing to do that actually a couple of times. I'm all right. I'm sorry. I wasn't like there all the time. Anyway, I know from firsthand experience that this stuff is trash and it's harmful. Okay. There's a picture of a letter that Hunter's daughter Finnegan wrote to, I assume, troops stationed overseas, like in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's an adorable letter. 
Bittingen's around nine years old at the time, and it definitely paints the Bidens in a good light. I don't know if it paints the Biden family in a good light. That's a nine-year-old kid. Beautiful. All nine-year-old kids are beautiful. It has nothing to do with the Bidens. Federal prosecutors have yet to announce whether they will bring charges. All right, enough. Let me go to the damn website. I mean, when is this thing going to be live? It's not yet. Hunter faces all kinds of things. Many images from the laptop show Hunter in various stages of undress, surrounded by drug paraphernalia. We've already seen a lot of this stuff. In his 2021 memoir, Beautiful Things, the younger Biden recounts struggling for years with an addiction to crack cocaine. Um, Ziegler from Marco Polo, they host the website BidenLaptopEmails.com, which gives web users access to more than 120,000 emails. All right, let me try that one. BidenLaptopEmails.com. Biden laptop emails dot com. Ooh, and there they are. View all one hundred and twenty-eight thousand seven hundred and seventy-five emails. Yikes! Um, all right, got to start somewhere. Uh. I can't do all this stuff. Hey, Rudy is an expert on all this. He saw he saw before anybody else. He saw it before anybody else, and he can he can tell me what's important, what's not. Hey, real quick, back to um, Target for a second. And this is not just Target. This is corporate America. This is the way it is now. They have nut jobs like Kira Fernandez walking around the place. She's the human resources slash diversity officer there. And uh, she says crazy stuff like this. Cut 18, please. Cut 18. One of the hardest things to be in the world every day is black. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things to be in the world every day is a woman. So when you intersect those two things, you could easily identify differently if you wanted to for protect whatever. Right. I'm not judging anybody, but I know who I see every time I look in the mirror. One of the hardest things in the world is to be a woman and a black woman. The intersectionality, the hardest things. I have a feeling she doesn't have a realistic sense of uh of matters, and you're in big trouble if you show up and she's there in HR. My God, HR, not always, but often, they, well, it's a certain type of person that is in HR. I've met some lovely people from HR, but maybe it's you. When you go to HR, you're really on the defense, right? I mean, nobody likes being called into HR. Uh, Hopefully, you only go there on your first day of work and on your last day of work. And nothing else in between. Uh, what else does she say? Cut 19. Again, this is, uh, she's got a very big job at, at Target. Cut 19. And what so, is actually your job? What do you do? I lead the strategy initiatives and focus of diversity, equity, and inclusion at Target. So that's how we show up and represent the workforce and our workforce diversity, how we represent, um, our guests through our assortment, our marketing, our branding, our partnerships how we think about the role that we play and the societal impact that we have in communities. In communities. What a bunch of bureaucratic gobbledygook, right? You can talk that way for your entire career. Nobody knows what you're talking about, but you sound great. It's meaningless. Cut 20. And the way in which we leverage our size and scale to bring new people, diverse suppliers, entrepreneurs into a space that without that access, they wouldn't be able to enter. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 I, I say that sometimes when I'm interviewing somebody, I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. That's another one that will get you out of a hole. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel for the interviewer here. Uh, cut 22. And then the other part of that is leading talent leadership development. So the experience that you have in training, your onboarding, your welcome into Target, 
functional learning, development programs, our culture of care growing together, um, how we think about the experience of team members through the lens of belonging and equity and psychological safety. Psychological safety, care, growth, learning. What, isn't this a store? Uh, this is the store. Remember you used to go to the store? What is all that stuff she's talking about? They have overcomplicated it. They just made it ridiculous. It's a store. It's a box store. All right? You do things like inventory, uh, distribution. You don't do things like care, growth, win, uh, what was a psychological establishment. It was, it's just next one. You see these in theory, two separate entities that actually come together mm-hmm. and synergize like it with synergy mm-hmm. because one actually fuels the other. Yeah. Right. All right. As I said, uh, this is the uh, Kamala Harris School of Communications graduate, uh, Kira Fernandez. None of it makes sense, but I guess they feel good saying it, and you can make a career doing it. Um, guys like Brian Cornell, he is the CEO of the Target. We talked about him on, when the hell was that? When did I first find out about that guy? Friday. He makes $17 million a year, and when you're white, and when you are, I I don't care what his sexuality is, but especially if you're a white male, you got to play this game in corporate America, or you are expendable. You're that's the that's the thing. You are expendable, so you got to play this game, this weird socialist stupid charade. Everybody knows this is a charade. It's phony. It doesn't make sense, and that the world is now being held hostage by radical. LGBTQ plus activists. And this guy, I found him online. I'm not, he's, he's very sharp. His name is Ian Corzine. Uh, listen to how he explains the whole thing. What's happening here? Cut 26. Target doesn't care if you boycott their stores. They're not afraid of you. They're scared of a much bigger threat. Let me explain. Target's largest shareholders are Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock. These corporations support the Corporate Equality Index, or CEI. This is a rating system for how much American businesses community. If Target CEO does not support the LGBT community well, then he's not going to be reelected by the shareholders. So sometimes corporations like Target push LGBT marketing campaigns, not because they particularly want to or it's good for profits. They do it for a high CEI score. So they face a backlash. Maybe they lose a little money. Failing to get a high CEI is way more scary. I don't know. I mean, do the shareholders actually pick the CEO? I've heard of the board of directors, but the shareholders... I think there's something to what he's saying, uh, definitely. More, people are more afraid of being cyberbullied than they are of just about anything else. More than death, I think. They'd rather die than be subjected to an online harassment campaign. I've been through, realistically, that's happened to me maybe 30 times. And I'm telling you, once you get used to it, and I got used to it probably by the, I don't know, 10th or 11th time. I mean, the first time it happened, it was miserable. It was, maybe you remember, I, um, was this, there was a girl on television and I was hosting and she was wearing a bikini and I said, wow, what a bikini. That's all I said. All right. That's all I said. And all hell breaks loose. It took a couple of days, but the daily news wrote a piece and they called me King Lear and, you know, the creepy anchor on Fox five. Then the thing goes mega viral. The whole world is watching it. Uh, uh, uh Paris television did something on it. I mean, everybody. So. I remember I was going, I was on vacation and I was on the island of Corsica 
You know where that is? It's part of France. It's in the Mediterranean. And I was just sitting there with my phone. It, it, there was no escape from this. All right. It was happening all over the place. That was the first time I really got like, damn, this is bad. But I also realized it, it then went, then it just stops and they move on to the next thing. The problem with my case was, I don't know what it was. It was a long weekend. Nothing else was going on. And it just went on and on and on and on. It was like five days of this stuff and this. And like one guy in a thousand would say, I don't really think he did anything wrong. (laughs) What did he say? Nice bathing suit. Anyway, whatever. That's life. And that was a, that was an ordeal. And then the next one, I don't remember, but there were a bunch. And now it's like, I don't know. It's like drinking a cup of coffee. It makes no difference. Here, someone's probably making fun of me right now saying some awful stuff. I go viral probably twice a month, I would say. Viral, viral. Like seriously viral when you're trending and all that stuff. About twice a month. Let's see if anything's going on here. Uh, coast is clear. Coast is pretty much clear. How about that? Um, Wait a second. No, now I'm now I'm getting a little. Uh, wait, no one there. Wait, 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 wait. We got to find. There's got to be a couple of haters up oh, here. They are here. They are. Um, uh, dumbbell Greg Kelly making fun of gay people again. Doesn't understand me. Uh, Greg Kelly, no contempt charge, no expel of shift. Okay, that guy likes me. Uh, that's a promotion. That's a commercial. Greg Kelly, your mother's. Oh my gosh, he said something about my mother a half hour ago. Some dude named Damon Gonzalez. What are you gonna do? Um, it just happens. The mother thing. Come on. Come on. Let's leave the family out of it. All right. Should I respond? Should I? Yeah. After all my talk about things not bothering me, that kind of bothers me. Uh, why did you have to bring my um, Now I'm going to tell everybody to bring my mother into Don't bring my mother into it. Damn. Found my Achilles heel. I'm going to go thermonuclear on him right now. I am declaring a cyber war on Damon Gonzalez. I'm all right. I'm over it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I recognize yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine, and I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Wow, that baseball player from the Toronto Blue Jays sounds like he beat up the bat boy in a drunken uh, state with the you know, chased him out of the stadium. No, what did he do wrong? He posted a, a guy talking about the Bible, basically. I thought that Target was violating uh, uh, Bible law and rules, and quite frankly, Target is. And that's, you heard the contrition, yikes. That's kind of scary stuff, right? Lighten up, everybody. You're allowed to say stuff, don't you think? Oh, hello, Melanie. Uh, you talk to everybody? Anybody else you want to talk to backstage? No, no, no. I love Rich. Thank you for putting oh. me through. Well, I can put okay, you back so on with him. He's right right there. He'd love to talk to you no, again. No, no, it's okay. Thank you for your show. It's really good. Mm. You don't need to know too much about me. I am I, a patriot. I didn't ask. Number one. Okay. So I'm just telling you, I am a patriot. And um, 
I have two people who are in Melanie, the military. I didn't mean to sound nasty, but I need you to get to the point. Okay, the point is what I want to ask you about, because you're not a politician, correct? Uh, yeah, that's uh, right, right. Yeah. Sort of correct? Okay. Is this so what tr- do you think what, 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 in, what, what, what? A lo- in a loving and kind way? Loving and kind what? way. Oh, I, I can feel the love right now. Yes, Yeah, because I'm a friend of... <laughs> you're a friend of who? Sid's? Well, what? No, not not no, not Sid. Stanley, James Stanley. So I want I want to ask Stanley. you, who's James Stanley? Yeah. Like I'm asking you. Yes. How do we get rid of the border? Get rid of the border. Uh, we want to keep the border. We want to keep the border. We want we want the border. You want to get rid of the border. Are you one of those globalists? I can't tell what say. You said you were a patriot. You want to get rid of the border. That's what you just said. I'm I'm a consent. Conservative, okay. All right. Well, why do, why do you want to get rid of the border? You almost have your wish. We almost have no border. No, because we're not a sovereign nation. So how do we control no, well, we it are, to be a sovereign we, nation? We are a sovereign nation. I mean, in by law, we are a sovereign nation. We are. Uh, you know, I think what you're going for the quick fix, the quickest fix I can think of: elect Trump. Elect Trump. Bring back Title Forty Two. Let the Border Patrol agents do their job. Have the uh, <clears throat> wait in Mexico, remain in Mexico policy, bring that back. There are about 17 things that could be done right off the bat. Um, I can't tell where you're coming from, but uh, thanks for calling. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, goodbye. What the hell is her deal? She wants to get rid of the border? Did she just misspeak? Seriously, what's going on with that? You guys talk to her all the time. She's your friend, Rich. She's your friend and, and, and Diego. She got, uh, all right. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ooh, hey, somebody just wrote me a poem. Huh, what, a, what an interesting poem. They say they're full of peace and love, but they call me a bigot three times. All right, this is all about the Target thing. In a world of colors, vibrant and bright, where love and acceptance are a beacon of light, there stands a bigot, angered and upset, at Target's pride offerings, your heart filled with fret. But let me remind you, with a gentle appeal, that diversity and inclusion are what makes us real. In celebrating love and the beauty it brings, we embrace the worth of all human beings. For Target, a store that aims to include every customer, no matter their hue, they spread the message that love is for all with pride merchandise standing tall. Um, yeah, the store has always been for all, right? You can Anybody can go to the store. Anybody goes to the store. Target does not care. And by the way, there's no love involved here, okay? I don't charge my loved ones uh, for items, okay? Do I go in and take whatever I want? Don't you love me? Is a place of love? No, it's a place of business, all right? It's a store. Although lately it seems like you can go in and grab whatever you want uh, and walk out, right? Let's see, Pride Merchandise, uh, let us challenge boundaries of hate, embrace the diversity that makes us great diversity. There we go again, the ultimate word, right? 
You have too many white people together. Ooh, that's a bad thing. Mm-mm, no, where's the diversity? Come on, bring in somebody. Bring in somebody. You can't have you all standing here, not for the picture at least. Um, it's funny. He says, to this, you conservative bigot, I say with respect, open your heart and let go of neglect. For love's, love knows no boundaries, no matter the aisle, inclusion and acceptance. Let them bring a smile. Does inclusion and acceptance include providing encouragement, as in, please become gay, lesbian, transgender to children? Facilitating that. Facilitating conversations that are private. Facilitating, facilitating. Forcing it down their throats. Childhood is complicated enough. It really is. You don't need Target reaching in with this. It's it's profane, and we all know it. It obviously is. They want it. You know what could be part of it? Pride Month? Just Just saying. I keep hearing that the population, you know, is too high and we have to stop global warming. And a lot of folks out there, a lot of famous people, a lot of influential people, a lot of globalists, even the Chinese not too long, right, think you have to limit the population. Too much population. And from time to time, you hear celebrities saying, we're not going to have kids because the planet can't sustain all these people. Well, the LGBTQ lifestyle, if you will, I guess you could say, is not exactly geared toward reproduction. Is that part of the aim? Is it this global? Is is there? Are they trying to flatten or even decrease the population? Maybe. May, I'm not talking about the activists. I'm talking about the whack jobs. I'm talking about the extremists, because most people, whatever their orientation, are not hung up about this stuff. Just trying to get by. Just trying to have a life. This is corrupting. This, it really is. It poses one of those. What do they call it? existential threats? What, what, what did Superman say? What did he stand for? Uh, all, uh, truth, justice, and the American way. What is the American way anymore? It's not this stuff. It's not this. That this will not be America in four years. They're, they're going to change the name of the country. Isn't it amazing that AOC, that ignorant bartender, there are lots of great bartenders. She was a crummy bartender. Actually, I don't even think she was a real bartender that she has more moral authority in the country than, say, Joe Biden. Larry in Brooklyn, yes. Yes, hi, Greg. You know, I want to say something about Target. I'm in agreement with you when you said before that the, their goal is, the pride people's goal is to, is to make us stop having babies. But I, I like to break down what Target's, uh, how Target is achieving that so people know exactly what they're up to. Okay, um, first of all, do you remember? Uh, do you remember that show, uh, Married with Children? Yes, with where, the, the Bundys. Yes, yes, Ted Bundy, the Bundys. Yeah. yeah, right. They had a 15-year-old daughter who was de- decked with makeup, and she was carrying out sexual themes in the show. Okay, very underage to be doing that. What their goal is the sexualization of women through the highlighting of male genitalia in various different forms. Now, when they achieve that. Then they could move on to little boys, okay? Like I once mentioned in a previous call about the, the Greece, the state of the uh, uh, of the nation of Greece, when when little boys were mentored by older men. This is the NAMBLA, the North American Man Love uh, Association. The North American Man Boy Love Association. Haven't heard about that in a long time. All right, what's uh, married with children? Do me a favor, get to the bottom line. I don't need it all broken down. Just say what you got to say. Highlighting male genitalia in a very very. Uh, 
uh, clandestine way, very, very, very insidious way. You know, it's not enough. Not enough boys' underwear was not provocative enough. So now they have the little pouch. They're calling attention to male genitalia in a different way, the little pouch. That's what it's all about. The sexualization of little girls. They should all become like that girl unmarried with children. Okay, that's what they, that's what these people love. They uh, love. Yeah, listen, I think, look, I mean, uh, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. It's another way to talk about genitalia. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I... That show has been off the air for a long time. When was that show on? The nineties, early nineties, right? What? If you look runs, they still have them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, what did Ted Bundy go on to? He went on to, um, Modern Family. He went from, from that to Modern Family, which I've only seen two episodes. It's excellent. They're always spot on. Doug, Doug, how are you? Oh, Kelly, how you doing, buddy? Good. I have a question for you. Uh, can you imagine January 6th with the riots if the Capitol Police officer was white and the unarmed lady was black? Holy crap. What would have happened then? Yes, indeed. Uh, there is a formula for when things uh, spark outrage. All right. Uh, you know the formula, right? I mean, uh, white on white depends, depends, depends. If, if one of the people is a famous or, you know, there's sex involved, you know, maybe one of the people is good looking. Okay. If the accused happens to be a person of, uh, color and the victim is, uh, white, uh, not really, a, not really newsworthy. If the person of color is accused and the victim is a person of color, generally speaking, uh, actually almost most of the time nobody cares, which is pathetic when you think about it. Uh, but the holy grail in all of this stuff is if the, uh, as far as the media goes, the accused is um, white and the victim is black. Then all hell breaks loose because why? You can a lot of people can achieve fame, can have some fun, and can make a lot of money. It's uh, it is wild. Now, it would have changed the complication because there were some people of color among the MAGA people. You know, the MAGA people look. MAGA doesn't care what you look like. Look at Enrico Tario. Enrique Tario. Afro, uh, Afro Cuban. Hey, you know who was there? Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett. She ran for, uh, senator in Pennsylvania. Now I gave her a hard time because I was with, uh, Oz. I was really hoping Dr. Oz would pull that off. He pulled off the nomination, of course, didn't win the general election. Um, I'll say this about Kathy Barnett. Uh, I had my, I have a lot of differences with her and I'm, you know, her resume, I got all kinds of beef with her, but, but, but very excellent. Um, uh, candidate. She's just good. She's good at the de- debate. She's good on TV. She's good with the speeches. She's good. Uh, also, what else about her? Her support. I mean, talk about the MAGA base. I mean, MAGA base. Uh, just people loved her in part because of the abortion story, which I had some question marks about. I thought there were question marks about it. Uh, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> MAGA is not white supremacy at all. All right. She was one of the most popular figures in MAGA world. And a lot of white people, a lot of hardcore good old boys just love Kathy Barnett and got on my case for giving her a hard time. Thanks, Doug. It's interesting. It's interesting how that works. Oh, yeah, I hear that. uh, I'll skip that for now. Do me a favor. I will be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Another doozy from Joe Biden just a few minutes ago at the Air Force Academy graduation where he is the uh, commencement speaker. 
He's trying to uh, recall the name of the aerial demonstration team, uh, the Air Force. And you probably know that it's called the Thunderbirds, okay? Uh, I actually flew with the Thunderbirds once, anyway. Uh, there's the Blue Angels in the Navy, the Thunderbirds, uh, the Snowbirds in the Canada Air Force. But anyway, it's the Thunderbirds. And they do these flybys, flyovers at the graduation ceremony. Blue Angels do it at the Naval Academy. He doesn't know what they're called. He forgets, and then he gets really weirdly sexual again. Uh, go ahead. By the way, I met with the, who are those guys that fly over shortly? You heard of them, haven't you? Three of them are women. So don't screw around, guys. What does that mean? Gosh, he's strange. He doesn't know the name of the Thunderbirds either. The Thunderbirds, who are they? The Whirlybirds. You know, they're going to do the loop-to-loop. Three of them are women. Don't screw around, guy. What would we, what does he think that the guys are going to do when they see the women? Their eyes are going to come out of their heads like in the cartoons? What happens? What happens when, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, Thunderbirds, they're pretty cool. And the Air Force is pretty cool, uh, in general. Uh, they get those nice, gigantic runways to land on. And they get those big, beautiful O-clubs with three pools, two indoor, one outdoor. They get the, ooh, it's very nice. Hey, it looks like uh, this document. All right, what does this have? Do they have the goods on Joe Biden or not? We have to know. So Senator Grassley from Iowa has seen the document. I just see it on Fox News right here. They've seen the document. Uh, what's in the document? We don't know. We still don't know. But Comer is upset, James Comer, oversight committee guy, and he is good. Cut four, please. Cut four. The FBI needs to comply with our request. And for them to issue a statement yesterday that was just blatantly false, uh, that lowers my confidence in the FBI even more, and I'm about at zero with them now. It is past time. They have stonewalled us for weeks. This isn't the first thing we've asked for from the FBI. Uh, We asked for information pertaining to classified documents, that Joe Biden had in his possession, and they said they couldn't communicate with us because that was classified. Well, the, this 1023 form is not classified. There's no reason for them not to work with us on this investigation. Oh, but it would give away our sources and methods if we couldn't. And it may imply that the Bureau would be political, and we cannot have that. We cannot have that uh, perception in the public. The letter was ridiculous. Uh, next, cut five. We know from the evidence that we've already produced, there is a pattern all across the globe of Joe Biden's family receiving money from foreign nationals immediately after he departs Air Force Two, uh, meeting with these foreign diplomats, uh, talking about foreign policy and things like foreign aid. So there's a pattern here that would suggest this allegation is more than credible. You know, this really is worse than Watergate. This is worse than Watergate. In Watergate, you had private individuals. They were associated with a campaign, which is a private, uh, non-governmental uh, organization. All right, the Nixon reelect committee to reelect president, President Nixon, creep for short, <laughs> unfortunate. But and some of those guys went a little um, totally over the top, thinking that the boss wanted this stuff. And they started bugging private offices, trying to get dirt on this guy, that guy. They broke into places. They broke into the Watergate headquarters, right? And um, they did that. But they were private individuals who did that. Um, now, the big crime, quote-unquote crime, 
is that Nixon attempted, attempted to discourage an investigation by trying to get the CIA to tell the FBI, eh, this is national security stuff, you really shouldn't look into it. Well, the CIA did not convey that message, and the FBI did not receive that message, <laughs> and the investigation uh, continued. Um, and in many ways, the uh, so that and th- that's it. But now today, you have an entire branch of gov—not a branch of government, but but an entire governmental agency covering up for the president. They're doing it on their own, bone volition, or maybe they were told to, but they're doing it. They're moving and they're doing it consciously. It's all in the Durham report. Speaking of the Durham report, that thing is, that thing is very valuable. Durham wrote it on purpose in a confusing way. Uh, so it's not the easiest thing in the world to read, but we do have some, some major takeaways in, from it. Uh, they document the outright bias that senior leadership had against Trump. They were ultimately hostile. They had contempt for Donald Trump. They took a bogus tip, phoned in from some guy in some bar, said, uh, this guy said something about Russia. Thank you very much. Full investigation of the Trump campaign. It doesn't work that way. You have to have a preliminary assessment, then a, an assessment, then a preliminary investigation, that, uh, then a, Next level investigation. Then you have an investigation. Then you have a full investigation. They cut all that out and went right to a full investigation because they wanted to get Trump. They violated their own rules. They lied on the FISA application. They made mistakes all over the place, and it's all in the Durham report. And it implicates a lot of people. Um, and there were like three stories about it in the Wall Street Journal. Two stories about it. One story in the New York Times saying it was nothing. Now, remember, that implicates the FBI. You can nail the FBI with that Durham report. Now, the Mueller report comes out, and it exonerates President Trump. 10,000 articles are written saying that it implicates President Trump. 10,000. Our conservative media, I love conservative media, but we're just not, we don't have enough. We don't have enough conservative media. It's dominated by the fake news. And they set the agenda. And too often, conservative media has to react to mainstream media. I'm really disappointed that the Wall Street Journal, I mean, I, tr- I, I went all out. As you may remember, if, certainly if you watch my show, night after night after night on the Durham report. But I'm just one guy. And one of the reasons why, people are lazy. They don't want to bother reading that thing. And I understand it's hard to read. Hey, the Mueller report was no romance novel, but they did it. The Wall Street Journal needed to have not just one story or two stories or an op-ed. There was this sidebar, that sidebar. You needed to keep it going, a drumbeat, a drumbeat, a drumbeat, a drumbeat. Because there was a lot of stuff in there. There was a lot of news in there. But it's easier to sit back and just criticize the fake news for not doing it the way we would do it. If we had the resources of the fake news. That's the thing. The the fake news, they got a lot of, yeah, dominant media. Have you ever heard of them called that? Mainstream media, dominant media. They're also called that, too, because they are. Don in New Jersey, yes. Hey, Craig, um, I was just wondering, I'd like to say that uh, religion has fallen off the scale now. I don't hear a lot of the candidates talking about it. And I would also like to say that Joe Biden meant the Pope, and Joe Biden said the Pope said he was a good Catholic. Do you think I, I believe that? No way. 
the Catholic Church is considered for the considering the soul of Joe Biden. They really are. And if he doesn't repent, he's he's not going to have a good future. Well, I tend to agree. Uh, I, you know, he doesn't talk about, you're right. Uh, you're not supposed to talk about Christianity. How dare anybody? Oh, you might offend somebody. Oh, my goodness. And there he is. He's a Christian. He's the president of the United States. Think about the things he could say. Think about the things he could do. And when it comes to matters of faith, what does he do? He brags that he knows the Pope. Oh, the Pope said I'm okay. Even though I'm, I'm this, that, and the other thing. Uh, just think. Sharing his own journey. I don't think he's been on that journey. I think, you know, he's officially this, but, well, he's a lost soul. And Jerry, you know what? Uh, wait, where did he go? Uh, he lost it. I, I pray for his soul. I would love it. I, is he an enemy of mine? Look, I don't like him, but I love him. I love everybody. I really do. I think everybody, and the, and the Lord certainly loves everybody and, uh, forgive others. And, uh, because we've done plenty that, well, we'll ultimately need forgiveness, right? We'll hope. Uh, Joe, hello. 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 It's, it's nice to talk to you. Listen, the problem with society is the, the liberals are taking things like this LT, whatever, whatever they, and criminals and violent protests, and they're celebrating it instead of just tolerating what we can and not tolerating the rest. And as far as Chris Christie, he's just an annoying fat bastard. All right. Well, wait a second. All right. I mean, who cares about the weight? You know what I mean? What do you weigh, huh? What's your, I mean, it's too easy to make fun of his weight. I don't, I didn't quite understand celebrating, not celebrating. I didn't catch that first part. What was that first part? First part is they celebrate things like grooming children. They celebrate things like looting. They celebrate yeah, things like yeah. peaceful protesting. These things shouldn't even be tolerated. Your words are now getting all jumbled and confused. They celebrate peaceful protesting. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, peaceful protesting is fine, but they, they lied about it. All right. There were riots. We don't like riots. We like peaceful protesting. We like law abiding protests. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to congregate and say things and protest. Of course you are, but don't break the law. And oh, by the way, a peaceful protest is not taking over the street and walking the wrong way and shutting down traffic. That's not peaceful. Obviously, it's not peaceful burning down buildings. You got that, MSNBC? Remember what they said? Hey, thank you, pal. Thank you very much. I got to go in a moment, but uh, thank you very much for participating, all of you. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, John, Mark, Andrew, Jerry, Ellie, Rachel, the rest, I'm sorry. I have to get ready for the 10 p.m. show over on Newsmax. If you're interested... Check it out. It's uh, it's a really special thing. I'm very proud of it. Greg Kelly on Newsmax, 10 p.m. weeknights. Oh, and don't forget my book. Uh, many thanks, all. I'll see you later.